Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. It was an interesting rivalry week. I mean, look, rivalry week always delivers. It was, it was fun. It was interesting to watch. Some of the games were really good. But for the ACC, three of the ACC-SEC rivalries went the way of the SEC. So we'll get into all that, Eric McLean. How are you, my friend? I know you literally just topped off a plane from Canada. You know, KG, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, there's been better days uh, that I've had. Um, you know, and, and it's so it's not just like the Clemson thing. It's the UNC thing. It's the uh, Louisville thing. It's all of it kind of compiling up here. Uh, Sam Hartman, not breaking the record. I was pulling for my boy, Sam. Uh, he tied it, but he didn't break it. Um, so it's really it, it was a it was a rough weekend for the league as a whole. Great weekend for some. And there's there's some positive things. Mm-hmm. That, that's that is the beauty of when you, you right. cover the entire conference. There, there is some there is some silver lining. Uh, within this thing that we'll certainly jump into. But, yeah, a little bit of disappointment, especially being here in uh, Chickenville in, in Columbia, South Carolina. I was surprised. I was expecting to come back to my house because uh, there's there's some Clemson stuff out front, uh, either just vandalized or egged or, mm. like, stolen Clemson stuff, but I didn't. So, you know, shout out to my uh, Gamecock neighbors. I have two on each side uh, that, that didn't terrorize my house. So that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Just wow. really classy. Just showing very, the class classy. that that they're known for. We love that. Mac, I have to tell you, first of all, I'm wearing this UNC blazer. I love this blazer, but I can only wear it when I'm doing games. We're both UNC dressed games, as a couple I just losers. Right calling a game from I'm home. wearing my orange. You're wearing your UNC. It's not good. It's not good. We are. <laughs> Dang. Mac went there. I Okay, speaking of the Clemson-Carolina game, I just want to tell you this story, and then we'll get into these games. I was at the game. And it was a picture-perfect day for football. Like, the weather couldn't get any better. And the game was really exciting. If you're just watching it as a viewer, I mean, it was a great game. So we're walking out of the stadium, and I look back at my husband. And obviously, it was a shocking victory for South Carolina by many respects. Clemson won seven in a row. And I look back at him, and I say, I just I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And this kid is walking next to me as we're walking out of the stadium. He has on a Gamecock jersey. He's nine years old, is my guess. And he looks up at me. In the most earnest fashion, and goes, I can't believe it either. That's so sweet. That's and so sweet. I just looked down at him. I looked down at him. I, my first thought was like, "Is this kid chirping me?" But he was so earnest, and I just tapped him on the shoulder and I said, "I'm happy for you, kid," because he literally had not remembered. Sure. He had probably been going to a lot of these games as a kid. He had never remembered. Wow. Carolina beating Clemson. So wherever Shout that kid is, Shout out to that young whippersnapper. Not happy for him, not excited for him, but uh, congratulations, I guess. That's awesome. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> it was just, it was really funny because I thought I was about to like be chirped at by this child, but no, he truly was just in shock and bewildered. So we're, we're going to get to the Clemson game, of course. Let's go chronologically how these games happen. We'll start with the team in which the jacket I am wearing, um, North Carolina loses to NC State. NC State 30, UNC 27 in double overtime. This, to me, is the embodiment of a rivalry game. You have a team that is going to the ACC title and has so much to play for. You have a team that's had a really rough year, has had injuries, doesn't have as much to play for, but it's the rivalry. So it matters so much to both sides. 
And I mean, the first thought here is, is college kickers because obviously UNC misses two field goals that that could have changed the game. But the overarching theme here is UNC's offense is just not what it has been the last two weeks. And Ben Finley, the backup, backup, backup quarterback for NC State, brother of Ryan Finley, made some plays. I was very impressed with him, Mac. Who would have thought that if when you looked at the stat sheet here after the game that you would have said that, you know, Finley outdueled Drake May? Yeah. Uh, never in my life, especially, again, coming off of a loss, thought that UNC would be super hyper-focused. Uh, that guy understand the magnitude of the situation. He threw the ball 50 times. Uh, but just not the same, not not pushing the ball downfield. Guys still with a ton of drops, just not what we're used to seeing from this UNC defense two weeks in a row to finish the season. Not ideal as you head to Charlotte yeah. and, and expect to play a championship game. And then, of course, the ending, um, you know, it, it's it's a Crazy. weird thing because it seems like the times that this Carolina offense has stalled out the most has been in the red zone these last couple of days where yes. it's just like, Play calling is is fascinating, and and it's like that we forgot and don't understand that everything happens so much faster. So there's this play action, there's this long draw, and then bam, you know, guys are on top of you. You're trying to do different things where it's it's just not necessary to really do that. Uh, it, it's been baffling. Would have loved to see you know Drake May kind of have that moment and really solidify himself. Now it, it's crazy. I, I don't want to go super overreaction. But it's like now is he even going to get to New York because other guys have in their right. moments when it when it really matters. So still another data point that's coming up uh, as they play in the in the championship game. There, I, I still think he absolutely deserves it. I still think that he is the best quarterback. It sucks that he has these two games back to back where it's right on the top of everybody's mind that recency bias. And again, we mention about the opportunity that everybody was watching this game. Not his best performance. So it's going to be something really interesting to follow from a holistic perspective, KG, what those guys and, and how do they vote? How, if, do they get them to New York? They remember November. That, that's the saying, whether it comes to wins and losses or the Heisman conversation and other guys are really having some big moments. If he beats Clemson and he balls out, I think that will definitely help. But it's not a foregone conclusion at this yeah. point. And Mac, Credit to NC State. Their defense played lights out. So Drake Thomas was yeah. everywhere. And we know this team's had a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball, so they're fighting through it. <laughs> what did you think of Doran's – I thought their defense played in a way yeah. that encompassed Doran's comments <laughs> about, frankly, how much he hates North Carolina. Yeah, it's just I, – I, I cannot think of a better coach for a better fan base and a better team. Like, it is, yeah, it is just it this perfect mesh of blue-collar – gritty, tough, chip on our shoulder, even when there maybe isn't a chip on our shoulder. We're going to develop this against the world attitude. And uh, it, it just fits perfectly. And that's, you're right. That's exactly how the defense played. The big four, you know, for NC State with Wilson, Thomas, Engle, Moore, those guys yep. balled out. I mean, it was so impressive to really see all of them kind of have this last hurrah. I know there's a bowl game and, you know, it is what it is. But that game, your rival, they're ranked to, to kill – you know, any type of hope that they have to, you know, go to a massive bowl. Uh, I guess they can still go to the Orange Bowl if they beat Clemson. Um, but just to do that on their field, man, that, that that's, that's such an exclamation point on your career. And some of those guys, you know, could come back. But I, I think they're all going to probably move on. 
And just it was cool to hear Coach after the game. I know he was fired up before it. Um, but after the game, just all the emotion. And, and it was funny. You know, some people say, man, he's faking this and that. He loves those dudes. I mean, I've, I've had many conversations, and, and we, you have. You've been with me uh, for, for some of those where we talk about these leaders. We talk about those linebackers in particular and what they mean to him and what they mean to this team. And just the the the, the passion, the love of his guys. I mean, it, it was on full display. And it was a cool moment for us to be able to kind of look in on that as he was doing that postgame interview. Doran and Mac are just both very different and they get it done in different ways. Yeah. And I think you want to play for both of them in different ways. And so it's, it's a fun dichotomy there between those two it is. and there's nothing NC state wanted more than to spoil that for UNC. Yeah. And just one more thing on that defense and, and, you know, maybe why, why did it look that way or why did the outcome, you know, look that way? I think what's interesting to, to think about what NC state does is they have three guys up front. So normally you have four traditionally. Most people, that, that's kind of how they play. And there's different windows that, that are open when there's four guys because there's less in the backfield. When, when you see what NC State's doing, there, there's so many people back there. They bring pressure selectively at times. And so those windows that you think, okay, this is what I'm going to expect. Oh, my gosh. Now all of a sudden there, there's somebody sitting right there. That made Drake kind of double clutch, made him really settle down. And then it was too late. There was pressure. He had to move out. He had to move on to something else or try to force it into a really tight window Why you saw that accuracy kind of dip from what we've seen from him recently. So just a really good plan of attack you know, by NC State there. will be interesting to see how does Clemson take what Georgia Tech and what NC State did these last two weeks and try to implement that for themselves. So much more Clemson-UNC talk coming this week. So stay That's tuned right. for that, of course. <laughs> Um, our next game, Mac, Florida State beats Florida 45 to 38. I've Thank been you. saying it. Thank you. <laughs> I've been saying it for three weeks. Beat Florida. Beat yeah. Florida. Because <laughs> this Florida team, they've underachieved and they've had some really puzzling weeks where they lost to Vanderbilt, but they still are explosive offensively and still very capable. And they showed that. But FSU made the plays they needed to. When it's tied at 38-38 and they go on that drive, 65 yards in seven plays to basically win the game, Jordan Travis just Houdiniing everywhere. I mean, he it's it's really crazy to think when you look at Drake May's last two games, and two games is not a season. I mean, Drake right. May still had the better season, but you look at Jordan Travis yeah. and what he's doing, it becomes kind of a hard decision to pick between those two guys because Jordan Travis has just been so special. Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy is, so I, I'm not sure when these come out, but we, we had to vote. Today's Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday. Um, we had to do our voting. Our voting is due. Mm-hmm. I'll give you some more behind this curtain. It's 423 right now. I think it closes at 5 o'clock. So you had to do your voting. There was a little bit of hesitation, KG, with me in the number one quarterback for a wow. second, for just a second, because – I mean, it should matter. It should matter how you finish the season. It should matter when you're playing for for more opportunity yeah. and and bigger things, and when your team needs you, this and that. But also, you know, Jordan, you know, didn't perform at his best against those three ranked teams right. that they played. So ultimately, Drake was my first team quarterback. Jordan Travis was my second team quarterback, mm. and it's going to be fascinating if Jordan comes back. Which I hope it's not even a decision. I hope it's like, yeah. yes, I'm doing it because man, it could be a special year for him yeah. and for FSU next season, but uh, that running attack's pretty special, too, the way that they're running the football right now. I think he'll come back. We've talked with him. If you missed that interview, go find it. He loves Florida State. He's a Florida kid. And, yeah, he has – I think he has an NFL future, but it's not 
set in stone like a Drake May, even though Drake May has sure. a, he has to come back for another year. So I really hope to see Jordan Travis come back. Can I ask who your third string quarterback was? Sam Hartman. Sam okay, Hartman. that makes sense. The yeah, go. that's who I would have gone with too. Not <laughs> Riley Leonard. Riley was close too, but I, I gave the and, and probably if you look at the single season, it probably should have been Riley. But just mm. Sam, there's just too much. He's too important to not be on a team. So there's uh, there was a little bit of weight of the career with that. But if you just looked blind resumes, Riley probably would have been the third team. Ooh, crazy. very interesting. Crazy. I think Mike Elko would probably <laughs> lean that way. But with this FSU-Florida game, it also had rivalry vibes. Crazy things happened. Florida played better than they had pretty much all year. Right. <laughs> but Florida State found a way. And I thought, I mean, Dope Campbell was rocking. That was another really good thing to see, too, Mac. And no question about it. I mean, that, that game would have been so fun to be at, to have a presence at, because it was going absolutely crazy. They stormed the field afterwards, which I was kind of like, eh, that's lame. They're 6-6, six and six, but it's cool. They've been through a lot. Yeah, you've been through a lot. You deserve There was a lot of frustration in that rushing right. field. A big release there, if you will. So just really the way they, they fought tooth and nail and kind of let Florida creep back into it in the fourth quarter, um, where it was just domination for, for a, a long time there in the second half. Uh, but but love the effort holistically and love the momentum that FSU is riding right now. One thing that's going to be interesting is is this bowl game that they're going to go to. It's going to be the probably the second best bowl game. I, I would imagine if Clemson wins, they're going to the Orange Bowl. UNC would then probably in the rankings fall behind FSU. Mm. So they they probably FSU will probably get the nod for you know the second tier bowl. If that's against another SEC team, maybe LSU. That'd be fun to see that rematch. Or a Big Ten team, man, you've got a big opportunity to close out this season and go into next season with all kinds of juice, all kinds of momentum, finish maybe in the top 12, which would be fantastic. So you're looking at it like a top 10 preseason team going into 2023, which, man, the ACC, Clemson, everybody needs that big time. For sure. I can't wait for that bowl game. And it's a situation where, and we don't see this as much in college football anymore, but where a bowl game really matters to a program, and I think that's what you're going to see with Florida State. Mac, this next game we must discuss. South Carolina beats Clemson 31-30. to Beats them for the first time since 2014, and I mean, so many things we could talk about here. We could do a whole podcast on this game. Easily. The fumbles were costly. Clemson has had costly fumbles all season. We, told we you. talked about we told it. told you. I brought it up many times last week, yeah. and the fumbles were truly – I mean, if Antonio Williams doesn't fumble, which Antonio Williams played great besides that, it's its not all on him. But yeah. you feel like you probably get in field goal range and you have a chance to win a game that you maybe had no business winning. You went through and watched this whole game, Mac. I want your thoughts. I'm just going to give you this this stat that I found. Uh-oh. DJU in the second half, and I think you were breaking this down in the second half too. I believe I'm right on this. Three for 16, passing yeah. the ball. All three completions, um, which that's not right. Being behind the line of scrimmage, that's because he had the big Bo Collins play. But DJU passing the ball and the quarterback play was just not good enough. It's so hard every week, Mac, to overcome that kind of QB play. Yeah, and there's there's no – man, way to be gentle about it. It was bad. I mean, it was bad quarterback play. But it was worse wide receiver play. Which yeah. is crazy, and, and which I don't think a lot of people want to hear or a lot of people Correct. are understanding. I, I went through every play, like you said, and I told you guys this last week. When when there's these games that happen that you don't expect or, or maybe don't understand, 
I go through and watch it play by play, offense and defense, and, and literally see what happened on every single snap. So in particularly, I was very interested in the quarterback play, in, in DJ's play. And this is how I broke it down with, with looking at literally every single throw. There were seven good passes out of the 29. There were seven good passes. There were in the five whole game. in the whole game. There were five what I deemed as bad passes. That's an overthrow. That's late. Something of that nature where it's like uncatchable. So there were five bad passes. There were five drops, which is crazy. And, and game-changing drops. You're, you're talking about mm-hmm. really massive plays, third downs, keeping the drives alive. There were five pressures that DJ either got hit or, or was in his face that made him sail the ball or have to dirt it or something of that nature. There were five plays where the defense got their hand on the football. So really mm. good job by South Carolina playing man-to-man and really making it difficult for Clemson. And then there were two MAs where one was a bad route. The guy just it didn't look like he knew what he was doing. And the second uh, was a wide receiver like ran into another wide receiver and the ball hit both of them. It was very strange to, to see that. So – you know, really, when you break it down, it's not quite as bad as you think, but the stat, it's undeniable. It's undeniable that something could have happened. There's a change that probably should have happened, uh, but ultimately didn't. All that to say, if you just hand the ball off to Will Shipley five, six more times, you probably win the football game, which is crazy to me. Or because pitch it to him. I mean, they were using him in different anything, creative ways. Just get him anything. the ball. Yeah, and here's probably the most glaring stat that – it was such a bad combination, KG, and I'll read off my grades here in a second, too, because, again, we we could literally talk about this game for probably hours, not just an hour. Um, when it was 28-30, to 30, Clemson has the lead, probably the most critical time of the football game. Will Shipley, that point on, touched the ball three times. Mm. At that moment, he had had 133 total yards. He was averaging 9.5 yards a touch. Like a first down. Every time he touches it, almost. It's a first down. Fourteen plays were ran at that moment. He got three of them. And to me, that's coaching. That's understanding where your quarterback is, who at that moment was like seven of 27. Why do you think you need to throw the ball? Uh, It it was really weird to me to see the decision that was made there in not getting it. And I don't know. Maybe there was an injury. Maybe there was something I don't know about. Uh, but it didn't look like it because he was in for this for all of those and just only touched the ball three times. So really, really weird to me, KG. Special teams was horrific from Clemson. Yeah. I thought that that was a, a F minus. I mean, whatever is the worst grade you could possibly give something with the the massive punt return that changed the game, the two fumbles on special teams, and then punting. I mean, Clemson started from the one-yard line, the two-yard line twice, the four-yard line, and the seven maybe. Um, so you're talking about field position. It's it's really hard to give yourself a chance when you can't flip the field for your team right. offensively. When you just there's nothing that you can do, you know, to really get it going. And a lot of credit has to be given to to South Carolina there. Um, so quick grades, and I'm gonna let you talk. Then I'll I'll mm-hmm. wrap here. Quarterback, I gave him a C minus. Probably a lot of people think it's worse than that. I think a lot had to do with his wide receivers. Wide receivers, I gave a D. Running backs, A. Offensive line, B minus. Defensive line, B. Linebackers, C plus, DBs. I said D, it probably should be an F. Those guys really wow. just weren't able to make any type of play on the football. And uh, Spencer Rattler was able to take every opportunity and advantage of that. And what about special teams? What grade did you F give minus, them? F minus, F minus, whatever yeah. the word, like a zero, like a zero out of 100. <laughs> the special teams were brutal. None of that's on BT Potter. He just didn't have it. He kicked Correct. the ball to the end zone every time. Right. But <laughs> it feels like 
there were so many things. Yes, DJ was really bad. And so people want to point there because it's the quarterback and it's the most high-profile position. Yeah, and about. Rattler passes for 320. I mean, it's yeah. a huge difference. And you shouldn't have to overcome that QB play every week. But Clemson has been able to do it. It was a combination of so many other things. Yeah. Giving up big plays, explosive plays on defense, mm-hmm. um, safeties, getting beat, Makuba had a rough day for Clemson. Yeah. The two fumbles, it feels like if you don't have those two fumbles, you probably win the game in a game that maybe you shouldn't have won because yeah. their offense was just so much more explosive than yours. Mm-hmm. So it's baffling to think that you still could have won the game on a last-second field goal or without the fumbles. Yeah. But you just – I think my main takeaway, Mac, is that you can't overcome this quarterback play yeah. every week. And be an elite program. I mean, we, we literally it, it feels very similar but different at the same time as the Notre Dame game. Because as you pointed yeah. out, the defense was balling. Like they, they were playing at a super high level in that game. And then there was this breaking point of it was yeah. like, what else can we do? What what else can we physically do to help you? And then you saw Notre Dame really start to pour it on and run the football and you know get these extra opportunities. Clemson defense scored nine points. Like that is bizarre. That's absolutely crazy. And then they're at the point of like, guys, like help, help us. They were Please. on the field a lot. So too. much. South Carolina ran 70-plus plays to Clemson's 50, I think it was, right around 50. So it's just, man, it's a lopsided deal there. And, again, I have to give credit. Have to. Like it's a it's a painful thing for me to do. Have to give all the credit in the world to, to Spencer Rattler because he – Played so, so well. I did not think there was any shot that he was going to have that type of success against Clemson because I thought he was going to be on his back uh, uh, significantly. He Mm -hmm. avoided pressure like I haven't seen a Clemson, like someone do against Clemson before. I mean, it was these subtle adjustments. He was getting out of the way and then keeping his eyes downfield and just absolutely hitting shots. 72-yard bomb, which, by the way, there was a false start. That should have never happened. 65-yard bomb, 32-yard bomb, 34-yard bomb, 40-yard bomb. Like, he was ripping it against these guys, and and most of them uncontested catches. Like, guys just running free. Um, so it, it's bizarre, KG, to, to see that in a Clemson team that you thought understood the assignment, understood the opportunity, similar to what I said against North Carolina when they played Georgia Tech, uh, just not quite the case. And so now, not, not diminishing the value of the ACC championship at all, because it's very important and it's a massive goal, but, man, a little bit of juice ripped mm-hmm. out of that thing when when we were thinking maybe either or team going to the playoff. Who who's it gonna be? Who's gonna get the dub and do it? Now neither. Um unless absolute no, there's no way. It's out. It's over. No, I'm not even gonna no. try I'm not even gonna try to pretend. It, it's over. And, and no playoff team happening. uh for the second straight year for the ACC. We'll talk a lot more Clemson this coming week and you know what what perhaps we will see or expect from the QB position. Yeah. We will get into that. Which, uh, let me now, just ask you that. Well, a little bit of time here for a second. What, I mean, what, what what do you want to see as a – just take it out. Just say a fan. I mean, you're a fan. What, what do you want to see? I mean, I just don't think you can put every other player in your te- on your team in that position where the QB can't do anything. So, yeah, yeah the, re- the receivers are a massive issue, Mac. I am not yeah. taking away from that. The wide receiver play has been really bad, and that's been a problem for DJ. Yeah. But I said this after the Notre Dame game. Why, why not give Kate a legitimate chance? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, you don't have, I mean, yes, the ACC championship is very important and it matters to Clemson and it matters to Dabo. But if you're going to run the ball, which is what Clemson should do, 
Cade is the better runner. Right. <laughs> so why not go with him and make them respect that RPO? Yeah, DJ can run over some people, but he's not going to make anybody miss. Sure. Why not let him prepare with the ones, as I've said many times? And maybe maybe it's a two-series, two-series thing, which we've also talked about. So you don't put him in every single time when you're down two with five minutes to go or whatever the situation was at Syracuse and the yeah. situation against South Carolina. So I think you have to try something else. And I think you're – I don't know how the locker room is, but I imagine if you're a defensive guy, like even if you're not saying it, you're frustrated because sure. it feels like you've got to do something else. But my other concern, Mac, is could all this mean that Kate is just not ready at all? <laughs> right. Because that's the other thing that you think yeah. about. Yeah, and that, that's the piece that we obviously have zero insight and, and would love right. to because it would be easier to sit here and, and sound a little smarter about the situation uh, and, and maybe make a more educated thing about what I'm about to say here. But I, I would I would give the keys to Cade until proven that he can't do it. it like, he he would be my starter going into today. Even uh, when you have an ACC title on the line? Don't care. He, he It's the future now. It's about the I've got plenty of ACC titles. i got a lot of trophies that <laughs> we just throw them kind of in a closet at this point. Um, you know what I mean? It, it's, about, it's about next. Yeah. It's about what's next. And listen, if Cade goes in there and – only can score seven points on one of the worst defenses in the ACC, okay, then you go back to five. Because guess what? He has demonstrated that it doesn't matter. Like, he, he's not affected. Whether that's good or bad, he's the same guy, no matter the circumstances. And, and yeah. so, to me, that that's that's what I would do. And I love DJ and think he's a great young man and, and all of that. Um, but it's it's this is a, a results business. This is a success-driven business. And at the end of the day, if, if that type of performance was happening – at any other position, that person is getting right. benched. Good like point. they're out. It's not even a question mark. Any other sport, and, and so it's a it's a really tough, weird place to be. So very intriguing to see what Clemson does. As I know, we said we could talk about an hour. We almost just did. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say: huge kudos to to uh, Coach Beamer and that staff, and and what yes. they're able to do. The plan of attack. Uh, I love that guy. Hate where he is. Can't wait till he leaves. And uh, great, great victory there. Congrats on snapping history and beating us at home. That's great, man. I think it's fair to say Mac and I don't <laughs> like South Carolina, but we really like Shane Beamer. That's and true. Shane Beamer came on our podcast last year and was right. awesome. That's right. And he's just a, a great guy who does things do, does things the right way, and obviously has turned that program in a different direction. So. Yes. Absolutely. We are Shane Beamer fans. There's no doubt. <laughs> Can't wait to leave, right, Shane. Get out of there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run through the rest of these games. I think the most, maybe the most disappointing result overall, besides Clemson, was um, Kentucky 26, Louisville 13. Yeah. It's just, it just seems whatever Louisville does, however, they're ranked coming in this game and Kentucky's struggling, they just can't do it. And the QB situation, of course, was a problem for Louisville, but three turnovers. In Lexington, and UK doesn't turn it over at all. That's you're done. You're not going to win. Three turnovers, uh, four sacks for the Kentucky uh, Wildcats. There, that, I, I thought it'd be flipped. I thought it'd be the other way. I, I thought that that's what Louisville was going to be able to do to these guys with a struggling offensive line, uh, with a quarterback that had given the ball up freely all year, and that just wasn't the case. And, and it's kind of similar to you know the, the battle of the Commonwealth there, where. It doesn't matter how good UVA is, Virginia Tech always finds a way to win. And, and that's kind of where we are with, with Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if you stack these two teams up on paper, Louisville is, is the better team. And, and physically, the way they look, all these different things, and it just didn't matter. It absolutely Baffling. didn't matter. It was MAs. It was missed assignments, guys wide, running wide open down the field, uh, just not blocking correctly. There was a couple of vital you know, 
uh, run plays that guys just miss and didn't target correctly. And it's tackle for loss, change of possession, uh, not picking up a defensive end, your quarterback's backpedaling, sack fumble, you know, our ball on the two-yard line. So it, it was just a tough game. Um, you know, Louisville, all that momentum, kind of a, a little bit of a halt, but you get to go bowling. You get a one more kind of shot in 2022 to be as a team and, you know, kind of prove a point. But a lot of guys, you know, moving on from this Louisville team, mm-hmm. they're just old, just old. I mean, they're just out of time. You know, this defense has been really good. Uh, it's going to be a very different looking team, you know, next year going into 23. It is. And we will do our um, bowl episodes, of course, and then our breakdowns for each team in the postseason. The Louisville one is going to be fascinating to see where they end up, see if they can win a bowl and get some momentum. But like you said, Mac, they're losing so many pieces from this year. That was still a very up and down year, roller coaster of a season for the Louisville Cardinals. Another roller coaster season was that of Wake Forest. Duke beats Wake (laughs) 34-31. This game, Mac, it felt like both teams were very evenly matched. It, It came down to another costly and perhaps a bit unlucky interception by Sam Hartman late in the game that maybe wasn't his fault, just depends who you ask. And that really sealed the fate for Wake Forest. And then on the flip side, Riley Leonard is that dude. We have to put more respect on Riley Leonard's name overall in terms of quarterbacks in the triangle, quarterbacks in the ACC. He, I thought both QBs played great, but of course Riley Leonard won the day. Yeah, well, I mean, he he's the future, you know, of this league. It's going to be really fun to see, especially like you said, in the state of North Carolina. We're looking at Mitch Griffiths most likely next year for Wake Forest, mm-hmm. Riley Leonard for Duke, of course, Drake May uh, at, at UNC, and then maybe MJ Morris uh, is going to emerge or as the guy. Finley? Or Finley, going to be fascinating. Or to Devin see what, Leary. Or Devin freaking Leary. Who knows, Who knows what's going to happen at NC State? But yeah, the, the the state of North Carolina has a lot of talent at the QB position and. Man, I just I was getting Duke UNC vibes from this game, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh gosh, Riley's balling. He's doing everything he can. What's going to happen where they lose this freaking game?" And uh, that just wasn't the case. He, he he was too good, made unbelievable throws, just really really good throws to keep his his team in it, and ultimately walking down the field to win the game. There, Sam Hartman, just the epitome of a college football player. I mean, when when you think of what you would want in a QB. He's the guy, uh, just a fighter, the grit, uh, the, the understanding of an offense, the abilities. It, it's just so fun to watch him. And, and, and I hope he plays in the bowl game. This is like the third time I've said this. I don't oh, know why. Let's hope. I don't know why I think he won't because he's going to break the record in the bowl game. He should. Um, I, I think he absolutely will. But just it's been a real pleasure to, to watch him and, and to see his development and his growth and the journey you know, that he's gone through. And you know, just to come up a little bit short – you know, again, in in this one, um, and pretty tough, you know, kind of way to go out here. You know, yeah. Wake Forest gets blanked, you know, by all the North Carolina teams. I think that was the first time that's happened in quite some time there. So a lot of momentum for Duke and Elko and that staff. Uh, peeling back the curtain again, you guys will find this out sometime in the week, but I voted Elko my coach of the year. Just mm-hmm. thought it was overly impressive what he's done this season. KG, you and I put the very high standard at Duke in preseason saying, <laughs> can you win one single ACC game? I said that. You didn't. Um, and here they have just blown that out of the water. So really impressed with Duke and, and what they're doing. I have come over to your side. I think that Mike Elko is the coach of the year. Mac Brown obviously isn't anymore. Mike Norvell, he's sneaky, for sneaky he's fighting for it. in that discussion. But it's tough when you look at the three ACC losses and how they happened. Right. 
You know what is funny? I, I, a lot of people are just like forgetting, go out, forgetting all about that. That they're just like, Man, I know. FSU, some best of your team partners the, at the desk. Listen, I, I just let that blind rage do what it does. But you know, FSU saying they're the the best in the league when you lose all your tough games. I, I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> you, it's it, they're the hottest team. They're the hottest team in the league. I will one thousand percent give you that. But I'm yes, not hating. I agree with you. I'm not hating, but just. Look at who you play. Just look who we you play. We love FSU. And then come we back have been. That's all I'm saying. We're all about just this comeback. Look at the quality and then come talk to me. But I'm excited. Yes. I, I hope you're back. I hope you're back. Mac, we said that the easiest cover in the world was Georgia Tech. And yeah. they did it barely. Uh, Georgia beat Georgia Tech 37-14. It, it, we needed a fumble late. We needed some <laughs> luck for that cover. Georgia turned it on. Georgia Tech finishes with five wins in a season in which they fire Jeff Collins. Mm-hmm. No idea what's going to happen at Georgia Tech moving forward. I don't, as much as I like what Brent Key has done, I, I feel like with a new athletic director, a guy that came from Alabama, they're going to make a splash, and they're yeah. going to go try to hire someone with a pedigree. And is that good or bad? I'm not sure. Um, you know, because when I look at this, number one, the, the way that Georgia Tech has been playing since, you know, that they fired their coach and, and Jeff Collins has been light and day different. I mean, it, it's crazy to see – how they've turned it on, the physicality, the want to, the the plan of attack. It, it has all been there, and these guys are playing really inspired football. So to me, KG, when I see that, it's kind of – I don't know how the audition could have went any better with two AP wins, maybe beating Georgia. Maybe that's Getting a guarantee. Maybe, yeah, and, and a couple of missed opportunities there. But I love the way they started this game, the physicality up front, mm-hmm. playing really, really well, led Georgia for a quarter and a half. Uh, which who the heck thought that was going to happen, um, and then just really just ran out of gas. So it's going to be fascinating. I, I think Bill O'Brien's a name that has heated up a bunch around this job. I but like that. I hope they give Key a look, man, because w- when you have a guy that's been there, done that, played there, who who can sell Georgia Tech better than him? N- nobody. You're going to bring some outsider that has to learn everything about the culture, the community, the school, every like everything. Bill O'Brien doesn't know jack about Georgia but Tech. But he was at Georgia Tech for a little bit in his career. This much. I just don't – I don't know. I don't know. I, I think a guy that played the there – I hear you. But I'm just saying it's cheaper and you're not in a great place financially, Georgia Tech. Just mm. think about it. Just think about it. The last thing we need is all this penny pinching. Just <laughs> <Just> keep <laughs> Back, spinning. Keep spinning. Yeah. Syracuse found a way. After losing five straight, they beat Boston College 32-23. to And it didn't always look that way. They scored 26 straight points. That's crazy. In the fourth freaking quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. Because Zay Flowers is still that dude. Sean Tucker and Zay Flowers both showed out. Yeah. Zay Flowers ends an incredible career. Could have opted out of this season at some point. Some players would have. He probably never even thought about it because he's Zay Flowers. BC had the two costly fumbles. Um, But you know what BC did do, Matt? What's that? They covered. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It kills me. It kills me. It was such a lucky cover at the end, too. It's just what that's, that's what my you specialty. Did. You're a lucky, lucky, undeserving covers. Lucky, undeserving covers. That's a great way to point it out. <laughs> uh, it, it was good to see this offense for a quarter be what I thought they were going to be for the, the entire year from Syracuse. I mean, just to see yeah. Schrader operating at a high level. Sean Tucker got 20 rushes. I mean, that's crazy. When's the last time that happened? Uh, it was fun to see him involved there. Uh, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. To not go 6-0 and and then 0-6, and I'm proud of Cuse. Got a little momentum. Another team going to be interesting to see who plays in the game, who doesn't in mm-hmm. this freaking world that we live in. I absolutely hate it. Uh, but 
here here we are. And Zay Flowers, give him his give him his flowers. EJ said mm. that punny joke. I just stole it from him. Uh, just a really really fascinating prospect. I think he's a guy that this off season is going to be tremendous for him. Combine season, he's going to the uh, the, the uh, Shrine Bowl, which I think's a mistake. I heard he was invited to the Senior Bowl and he turned it down. I, I'm not mm. sure if that's a good idea. Um, that's interesting. But I, I think he's a guy that's really going to play up the boards, fly up him with his results there and. Man, he had such a such a great year, record-setting year. You know, bet one of the best ever, maybe the best ever offensive player to go to Boston College. Mm. And just a great guy to talk to as well. Love whenever we got to chat with Zay Flowers. Our final game here, Matt. Pitt destroys Miami, forty-two <laughs> to sixteen. It should have been way worse. It should have been doesn't so care. much worse. <laughs> they don't care. Cristobal has a huge task ahead of him. I heard someone in the meet in the post-game interview brought up the portal, and he said the portal's a two-way street. Meaning, perhaps he doesn't want some of these guys back. Oh no! Listen um, to this. Listen to this. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering yeah. if you heard this or not. He literally is doing this interview and says, "Yeah, we're gonna have some really tough conversations. We need to be very transparent. Yeah. There's not gonna be a lot of guys invited back." And I'm just like, "Whoa!" Can like, you we, technically we do pers- that? Are we? Oh yeah, you get rid of everybody. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what's gonna happen? Technically, you're not supposed to do that. So. But the rules don't, don't matter anymore. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. You know, it's funny. We're watching the game, and a guy, like, makes a bad play or a good play, and we're like, well, that guy's not invited back. We know that oh for sure. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating this oh, offseason yeah. for Miami because a lot of talk, not a lot of walk. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the expectation is going to be. I guess if you make some noise and go get some really big names, kind of like USC, yeah. I mean, just go buy a team. I mean, that's exactly what they did. Bought a coach. Bought a team, True. and they're walking into the college football playoff. I mean, why not? True. In this world, you got all that money. Let's see it. Let's go do it. <laughs> but with SC, you had the Caleb Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley were kind of a, a package deal. Go find so your package. Go find. Where it. do you get your quarterback? That's that's what's going to be really interesting at Miami. Does TVD come back? Can he get healthy? Who knows? But the flip side of this, Mac, is that Pitt finishes very strongly yeah. at eight and four. And Izzy Abanikanda finishes the regular season with 1,431 yards and 20 touchdowns. Pretty what good. a monster. Pretty good. Pretty good. 4-0 in November for the second consecutive season for Pittsburgh. There's only two other wow. teams in the entire country that have had two 4-0 Novembers in back-to-back years. So that's very impressive. I think it speaks of the culture, thinks it speaks of, of where this you know program is, the foundation that they have laid uh, it was good to see Keaton throw for a hat trick there. Yeah. Uh, going to my boy uh, Jared Wayne, who went for a 200 piece. Uh, I'm giving him an extra yard. Anytime I see 199, I'm like, this statistician, yeah, just you, you up. just Round you up. stink. Uh, just give him the yard there. Uh, so yeah, fun to see that momentum for Pitt. A quiet eight wins, really, because I yes. just feel like it was so up and I down. And then the dust settles. You're like, my goodness, this might be a nine win team at the end of bowl season. So really good job by them and that staff to. You know, in, in a season where there was some expectation and, and you lose a generational quarterback for Pitt, you lose, you know, the, a guy that has been there in so long, you lose Jordan Addison and a couple mm-hmm. of pieces, you know, defensively, they they rallied, you know, they rallied and, and they figured it out. So, you know, it's going to be fun, KG, Credit to go through, dudes. that's right, to go through this bowl season as we find these matchups uh, in, in a week's time, I guess we will. We'll probably have to do some midnight oil because it's election Sunday. I think we have like a 10 o'clock show. So it's going to be tough for you. I might be doing it solo uh, next Sunday, but uh, excited Nonsense, to Nonsense, Eric McClain. I can stay up. Get you a nap. Get you a nap in the middle of the day. I'm not a grandma. <laughs> I am. I am, in fact, a grandma. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh. Well, guys, Wednesdays are coming. We're going to have a massive guest uh 
you can probably figure out who it is. His name is Chris I hate it when you give away the guest. Don't give away the guest. Don't do it back. <laughs> All right, I won't do it. I won't do He's it. He's a massive name. He's a massive name. End of sentence, period. <laughs> <laughs> one more. One more hint. <laughs> What's a good hint? What's a great hint? That's all you have to say. He played He's football. A he, play, he played football once in his life. Okay, perfect. End it there. See if you guys can figure that out. You're End it to, there. You're gonna have I to edit it. it. You're gonna have to edit out where I said a little bit of the name. Some people are gonna hear. No, that. I, I cut you off. I yelled too loud. <laughs> perfect. Well, that'll be on Wednesday. Cannot wait for that. And then Friday, uh, every ounce of this matchup, we're gonna break it yep. all down. Cannot wait. One game, forty-five minute episode. We're gonna go all in on that Let's thing. Cannot go. wait to to do that and. Uh, just really preview this matchup because at the end of the day, uh, it's two really good teams and a little bit of a funk, but it's two really good teams and could be a very exciting matchup. Cannot wait for that, KG. Uh, but that's it from us. Another great episode. Big shout out to our producer, Richmond Weaver. All the great work that he does for us makes us sound and look fantastic. Uh, really appreciate him. Go over to YouTube, mash that subscribe button. Really appreciate you guys over there. Leave some comments. Talk about things you might yeah. want to see uh, from this podcast in the offseason. Also, go over to Apple Podcasts and uh, rate, review, subscribe over there as well. The OGs, if you will. Um, that's it from us. Until next time, we'll see y'all.